0: Last week, we talked about the disciples and Jesus breaking bread, feeding 5,000, but it wasn't 5,000, it's 5,000 men. It's 5,000 Andreas, head of household. The King James says it's 5,000 men, but it wasn't. It was 5,000 husbands that had 5,000 wives. And there's no telling how many kids they had. So we're not going to go over anything last week, but at this moment in time that he's feeding Somewhere between twenty-five and 35,000 people with five wheat thins and two sardinas. It's called Cristos, five crackers. No little boy carries around loaves of French bread. Nobody. But like Leon on Andy Griffin, he carries frogs and peanut butter sandwiches in his pocket. So we talked about this for a long time last week. And, and John chapter 6, verse 6 says this. And Jesus says to Philip, so what are we going to do with all these people? Because even if we had 200 days wage, we could not feed these people. Think about that. I don't know what you make a year, but take 200 days of that. You couldn't even feed the crowd. And the Bible says Jesus said this to Philip because Jesus, to prove to Philip, because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. And then we talked about the word, he gave thanks. And it's a word called in the Greek, he laughed under his breath. And Jesus, when he begins to break the crackers and the fish, he's laughing under his breath, giving thanks. It means if they only knew what I'm about to do, they would be giggling too. The word prove is called parazo. And we're going to start here and then we're going to finish a real life this morning. Parazo, it means to to expose a deficiency or a lack in someone. Whether it be minerals or vitamins, you go to the doctor and say you're lacking something besides brain cells. You're lacking something. Jesus is about to prove these men that they really thought they had arrived. They've seen dead people raise up. They've seen blinded eyes open. And, and they've seen everything, but they have never seen this. Never. Every once in a while, the Lord will take us as believers to places we've never seen Him do something before. And it really frightens us. And sometimes we experience things we've never experienced before. So Jesus brought them to this place for this particular miracle to prove to them, and he was about to expose a deficiency in their faith. So we got off on to the boat and rowing last week and considered the loaves and fishes. But I, I want to go back and talk about this because I didn't get to get finished last week. As Christians, that sometimes in our struggles, we will mistake physical exhaustion for spiritual deficiencies. If you were here last week, you heard the rest of the story that when he turned them loose for eight or 10 hours, these men were by themselves on a racing steep, thinking they were not going to survive. And I know what they're all saying. We're all backslidden because if we were really right with God, this would never be happening to us. You don't have to raise your hand, but since you've been saved and born again, has everything went perfect for you? And somewhere when everything was going in the opposite direction, did you ever, and please don't raise your hand, did you ever say, God, I didn't sign up for this? And I will tell you, God said, you didn't sign up for anything. I called you. You had no choice in this. From the foundation of the earth that I had your name inscribed in my heart. In my hands, I wrote your name in my hands and I have been waiting for your space and time to be born again. So you didn't sign up to nothing. You didn't volunteer for nothing. Somebody lied to you. Anybody here in the military? You found out that that recruiting officer is not kin to the drill sergeant. That drill sergeant probably didn't say, do you like it here? How's the food? He probably says, get in line, maggot. That's probably what he called you, among other things. These men for eight hours have been struggling for their own life. And if we're not careful in the middle of our struggles as Christians, we will diagnose our own self and our own situation and we'll come to this conclusion, I must be backslidden or this would never happen to me. Now, I'm not going to say you're not backslidden, but I'm just telling you, when we go through things, hard times, Difficult times. The first thing that comes to our mind, if we're not careful, that that sin has entered to our life, and because of sin, and I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I will tell you that it's because of something evil that has been implanted in us, and this is what we do. We diagnose ourselves, but I will tell you that often as believers, I'm speaking for firsthand, we mistake Physical exhaustion for spiritual deficiencies. We do. The truth of the matter is that life in general takes a toll on us. And yeah. life, when it begins to takes a toll on us, it will drain our physical and our mental and our emotional needs. Yeah. We get wore out. Now, I know you don't, but I get wore out. And when I get wore out, just like coming to church today, some of you are probably wore out and you don't feel spiritual. It's okay. The Bible says we don't operate by feelings anyway. We operate by faith. So if, if, you're, if you're here this morning trying to feel something, I had the guy tell me, well, I got to go somewhere. and feel something. I said, well, go somewhere else. Because you're going to be disappointed. This church was built upon the operations of the word of God. And by the word of God, it produces faith. And the word of the faith basically means that it's it's a lifestyle. One step in front of the other. Pistis is a word. The Greeks use it in marching order. Left, right, left, right, left, right. Pistis. That's what it means. I'm consistent. I stay in harmony and I stay on beat. But we all get tired. Now, just for fun this morning, that here's some everyday routines that we probably go through. So you ask yourself, me, I never get tired. Well, sure you do. I never get worn out. sure you do. I never get exhausted. Sure you do. You're tired right now. I understand. But it doesn't mean you're backslidden. And some of you may be, but I don't know. But most of you are just physically wore out. And me been busy this week. Hemmy's been mentally overwhelmed this week. Hemmy's had things going on the last year that you didn't know if you survived. You're not backslidden. You're tired. You're wore out, and you've got to. When the, when the Bible talks about proof, you've got to be able. The word proof, parado means I have to be able to know the difference between the two. Because if you don't, you're, you're going to find yourself mentally schizophrenically involved every day of your life. You don't know what's going on, so here we go. We fall out of bed somewhere between 5 and 6 a.m., and fall out of bed is the key word. Then we try to prepare a quick breakfast while performing circus tricks by getting not only your kids ready, but yourself dressed for school. That's probably speaking to the women. A surprise announcement was made on the way to school that a school science project is due today. (laughs) Oh, man. And Jeremy, I I remember him especially, you know, be getting ready, out the door, catching the bus, the bus driver's honking and waving, and Jeremy goes, oh, yeah, by the way, I got to have a costume for the school play today. (laughs) Long lines of traffic at school makes you late for work, and when you finally get to work, you're working with unthankful coworkers and an unpleasant boss. Your eight hours feels like eight days, and it's only Monday. You watch the news, it's higher inflation, along with higher taxation, results in higher frustration. When you finally get to leave work, the evening meal will have to be planned and prepared, so you'll have to stop at Walmart, and that will surely add to your upset stomach and your headache. (laughs) I'm speaking to the women. Men just shut up. You don't know anything about that. (laughs) But finally, when you get home, you get time to relax and unwind. Not. Not. The house is a wreck from the weekend. The TV show Hoarders is circling the block, taking pictures of your home. The list goes on. But after six full days of this, finally Sunday morning arrives. We get to go to church. Does it get any easier? It does not. The clothes that they have shrunk again in the closet. You can't find the boy's left dress shoe. The girl's hair just won't curl just right. The car's low on gas. You get stuck waiting on the train. You're running late. Now you got a speeding ticket trying to get to church. Somebody's parked in your favorite spot and someone is now sitting in your favorite pew. And I get tired just talking about it and I've just popped some gray hairs thinking about that about you. But I got some great news for you today that you finally made it. You're here at a great place, and we're here to help you. One of my favorite stories that that I won't get to see it for a week or so, but I tell this, but some of you never heard this, but some of you have, so it's okay, but it's my favorite story. Where Naples is now by Brahms, it used to be called Founders, Chinese restaurant. And before I got married, no Chinese food ever Past my lips, never, ever. My palate is not diverse. Now, my wife Jordan, she not eat anything. Jeremy and I are kind of like, but Gayla, she'll try anything. She said, "Why don't you try it?" I said, "Well, I won't like it." <laughs> but we're we'll going on a cruise every once in a while, especially when you get on a cruise that the the ship itself they'll kind of serve meals that is kind of coordinates with the the country that you're in. So if you're somewhere around Cozumel or Progreso, they'll serve a lot of Mexican food. I don't know if it's, it's pretty good. But down in Jamaica, they'll serve. And the first time I went there, um, the specialties on the menu was, what's this? It was tongue and oxtails. And so the waiter said, the specialty today, that's not how he talks, but he said, it's, it's, between, it's, it's oxtail and, and tongue. And I said, can I have anything in between? <laughs> Just somewhere in there. And he didn't get it. So we got married and and for years I wouldn't eat Chinese food because I made a lot of comments about it. You know, they would crawl off and, you know. You know, you break the fortune cookies and they said it wasn't chicken, and but it had feathers. You know, all those things, and I, I don't want to mention that to you in case you go there today. But uh, so we go. We've been going in there a little bit, and and uh, and I'd always look around. I said, I don't want to go here. It looks nasty. The cook looks like she's escaped from somewhere. I mean, you, I mean, you only saw one or two waitresses. That was it. It always kind of looked a little dingy and dirty. The lights were not really bright. But anyway, I went because she liked it, and. Uh, so, so with a lot of with a lot of careful study, I found that I liked two things. I ate the Hawaiian chicken, and I'd eat an egg roll. That was it. Now she'd eat all that mugu, kai pan, and that all that other stuff. But me, I got the same thing, and it was 41. 41. So they give you a menu, Dan. They give you a menu, and they go by numbers. And so we'd go in there about once a week or 10 days just for habit, and and I'd always get 41, always. Same waitress. She's about that tall, spoke very bad English. And so I said, I'll take 41. She goes, you always get 41. I said, I know. I just want 41. (laughs) And she got a little testy about it for a while. She goes, why don't you try something else? I said, why don't you mind your own business? Give me 41. (laughs) So Gayla, she'd order all kinds of stuff, crab cakes and lobster bisque. And, you know, it just made me gag. But anyway, I'd <laughs> stick with 41. And so that went on for about a year. So one day, I think it was in the time. one day we were having some issues here at the daycare. And, and there were some issues, nothing bad, just some issues. And I said, let's go eat some lunch and we'll, we'll talk about it. And so we wasn't our normal cheerful self. When we went in there, we were discussing, we was going to have to deal with the employee or something. I don't know. And, uh, we sat down and here she comes. And, uh, she kind of greeted us, and, and, and I was still in the conversation with Gayla pretty serious. And she said, I bring you iced tea. And I said, that's fine. I don't, I don't care. I wouldn't even looking at her. I said, I don't care. And when she come back to order and, uh, She took the, she asked Gayla, she goes, what do you want? Gayla said, I think today I'll take 22, 22. And she looked at me, she said, I bring you 41. And I said, uh, I looked at her, I said, uh, no, I don't want 41. I said, bring me, uh," and whatever the number was, was just rice and something. It wasn't much, I wasn't feeling real good. And I said, no, bring me 18. She goes, you always get 41. (laughs) Now here she is, about five foot one, you know. And I said, I'm not even looking at her. And I said, I understand. But today I want 18. And she sits there. She stands there. And I'm sitting down, and we're eye level. And she, and she said, you always get 41. And I said, ma'am, I understand it. I'm not feeling real good. Just bring me 18. And she doesn't move. And she sat there and she goes, I'm going to bring you 41. (laughs) And I said, for God's sake, bring me 41. (laughs) And she brings me 41. And she's just as happy as she can be. (laughs) I've told that story a time or two in different places. and, And really, some of you are here. Some of you are here. You've had a rough week. You've had a rough month. You've had a rough year. And you're sitting at pew, and you say to yourself, I don't want to talk to nobody today. I don't want to be bothered. I'm just going to sit here. But I know what you want. You're used to being smiling and laughing and worshiping, and praising. And you say, but today I don't feel real good. i just, just leave me alone. I know what you want. You want 41. <laughs> no, I, I I'm just here. I, I don't. I don't want to participate. I don't want to worship. I just, I just want to sit here. I got a lot going on. I know, I know you're here, and I know you want me to leave you alone. But I'm gonna give you 41 spiritually. Because what you want this morning is to, to realize that you're loved. Amen. You're appreciated and your life matters. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I'll bring you 41 every time you walk into this door, no matter what you think you want, no matter if you're hurting or pouting or wanna be mad or wanna feel guilty or or wanna feel condemned, I'm not serving that to you. I'm serving you the love of Christ and the faithfulness of his son, Jesus. You may think you want something else, but you don't. You want 41. And that's what I'm serving today. Now let me finish last week. John chapter 6, verse 21. These men have been in the boat seven miles across from one side of Galilee to the other. They have been in this boat for almost 10 hours have made it halfway because the storm is so terrible. We talked about that Jesus watched them. He finally comes to them, speaks to the waters, and it all calms down. They have been fighting for their life for eight hours. Some of you have been fighting for your life. I understand. For weeks and months and years. I understand. I really do. You're wore out. You're not backslidden. You're physically wore out. You're tired. You're emotionally drained. I understand. He gets in the boat. He calms the water, calms the sea, and everything's fine. And verse 21 says, And when they willingly received him into the ship, immediately the ship was at the land where they were going. So when you first read this, here's the English translation. They've been toiling for eight and a half, nine hours, getting nowhere. This thing is sinking. They're all signed in their last will and testimonies. They're not going to make it. They know they're not gonna make it. Jesus is nowhere to be found. Some of you this week said, I will not make it. Some of you even contemplated overdose, putting a gun to your head. Life's not worth it, sure it is. Life is too great to bear, sure it is without God. I don't know how people makes it without Christ. But after about nine or 10 hours of this, this ongoing torment, The Greek uses the word bisna, which is torment. They were tormented. They should have known how to operate a ship, but it was beyond them. We're not talking about people that didn't know anything about seaworthy vessels. They knew everything about it, but they knew they was not going to survive this. And after about nine or 10 hours, the Lord steps in, the thing calms down. And immediately, they're on the other side where they're going. When you kind of read that on the surface, you get this idea that when Jesus steps on everything, I mean, I mean, he, he's got a motorboat and they're there in, in a split second. That's not what the word immediately means. About 10 years ago, we had a family come to this church that she had stage four cancer. She is healthy as a horse. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to her. Bubbly, joyful, young. Wouldn't think anything was wrong with her until they called me and said, I have States four and a half cancer, breast cancer. They gave me, watch this, 8% chance to live. Oh yeah, eight. It's bad, it's bad. So they began the process of going to set up MD Anderson. I've never been to Houston in my life. Been to Dallas a couple of times, but never Houston. Boy, that was a culture shock. Oh Ooh. Growing up in Long Grove, going to Houston, there's a few more cars involved. So we began the process. I was working here, the daycare, cooking and doing other things in the afternoon, whatever we were doing. And, and we'd always go with this couple, made about a dozen trips and I always drove. I always drove back then to Houston. I think it's in the Bible. The man shall always drive to Houston, I think. but. But Gayla and I, she'd work all day, pretty well all day. And, and Kevin's they would, that he would go with them or meet with them in Houston. And so it was just, it was horrible getting through Dallas. And so we'd leave here at three or four, five o'clock or whatever it was, and, and drive six, seven hours to get down there. We made several trips with them. And then we would turn around and, for her treatment and we'd drop back in the middle of the night. And this went on and on, no complaints and so going down there i mean i knew brian used to drive it every week for a long time and i tell gail i said just keep me awake you know and uh so she put in darren miller singing boy you talk about keeping me awake i kept me (laughs) awake." and 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 so for about six months that we made multiple trips back and forth just weird hours and all kinds of just driving and I told this one one time that we went down there with them and, and it was late in the afternoon and I was tired. And I will tell you that there's something about traffic in Houston will bring out the worst in people. I've always said that everybody that failed a driving test moves to Ardmore, I understand. So people in Ardmore prepared me for Houston traffic. And on this particular day that I, headed down through there and we, we were stuck in Dallas for about an hour and a half, at a wreck. And I don't know about you, but when I get stuck on the interstate, it just brings out the worst in me. I know you're perfect, so I'm speaking to myself, so don't say anything. And then road raging and people cut in front of you and then people not giving blinkers and then people waving at you with one finger saying, good morning, how are you doing? And you know those people. And by the time i got through dallas they had a wreck somewhere around madisonville and we had to stop a car was on fire and i mean boy my you could fry the egg on top of my head that day and i got a little snappy i was i wasn't waving the firearm or anything but i got a little snappy you know my i was gripping the steering wheel a little tight so we made it to houston finally and met with them for a little bit and, and it was late and we had to go home and i told gail i said man, this this is killing me. She goes, let me drive. I said, I'm the man and I'm driving. It's in the Bible. And she knows I'm frustrated. She knows I'm angry. She's seen me at my worst and she still loves me. So we got in the car, headed back and I said, well, at least there's not much traffic. It won't be much traffic because it's late at night and we started out of town and I said, I said, We're about out of gas. We made it to Conroe, and I said, I I started griping about the gas mileage. Then I started griping about the gas price. Then I started griping about the grasshopper stuck on the windshield. You know, it's constant complaining. Not that you would ever do that. (laughs) But when you get tired, you get a little cranky, Amen? amen? The rest of your liars, you're all going to hell. When you get tired, you get a little cranky, right? Thank you. You're back in. I said, I gotta stop, get gas. Oh, and I was popping my neck and my knuckles was wide, and I was popping my back, and oh I was, And I really, we wasn't fighting, I was just a little snappy. Not bad. I wasn't at her, was I? No. Don't look up. No, I was perfect to her and. And I get out of the car and I said, do do you want anything to drink? I've got to go get some coffee. She goes, I'm good. And I thought, well, yeah, you're good. You're sitting over like a songbird while I'm trying to dodge cars. And so she's sitting on her side. So I get out and go inside. I come back and the gas tank had filled up. and, And it's something different. She had moved. She got behind the wheel. And I looked at her and I had the windows roll up. And I said, Gaila Sue Sam, her maiden name was Sam, Sam Ham, that I am, Green Eggs and Ham. And she had the window, I said, Gaila Sue Ham, she couldn't hear me, I said, move over. And she goes... (laughs) I said, Gayla, I'm not playing. I'm standing by the window. I said, I'm not playing. Move over. (laughs) She goes. (laughs) I said, I'm the man of this thing. I'm driving home. And she just ignored me. And and at that moment, really, I know you don't want to hear this about me. I was tempted just to run my fist through that window. And you're saying, surely you're not that hot-headed. You don't know. We have visitors here. That was a long time ago. And I said, move over. I'm driving. I was wore out. I wasn't backslid. I was exhausted mentally, physically, and emotionally. I was out. But I refused to surrender and let her drive. And after about five minutes of this discussion, now then we're gathering a crowd because people are hearing me screaming at her and she's ignoring me. I put the gas pump back, handle back and I crawled on the other side and I sat down and her first words was, Let's don't talk about this. She started the car. And when I woke up, we was at exit 31. Immediately. Immediately, we were at exit 31. She drove four hours. But to me, it was immediately. When Jesus got in the boat, it wasn't they had some type of supersonic jet propeller on the back of this ship. These men were exhausted. They were wore out. They were out. And when Christ came and he stood in the presence of this boat, they all physically collapsed. And when they woke up, it was like immediately they were on the other side. Some of you spiritually this morning, you're out. You've experienced too much. The last year has been the worst year of your life. The last 90 days have been challenging. You're angry. You're mad. You're frustrated. You're hurt. You used to walk in this door with your hands raised up in worship, and now then, your your fist is clenched, your jaws locked. Someone made a promise to you at the altar that they did not keep. Understand? Someone said, I don't love you when they slammed the screen door on you. I understand. You're not backslid. You're exhausted. That night, I just finally let G- let Gala take the wheel. And I went to sleep. And in my resting, that it was just like that, that she got me where we needed to go. This morning, why don't you just quit fighting God? Why don't you quit struggling? Why don't you quit walking around with your, lock, your jaw locked and your fist cleansed? I know you're hurt, I know you're tired, I know you're empty, I know you're out, I know you're struggling, I know all these things, but life is so much better when you say, okay, I can't do it anymore. I cannot control this situation anymore. I've given it my best shot. I've tried to do everything the religious rule book said, but it is not enough. I am tired, I'm hurt, I'm empty, I'm frustrated, I am so discouraged. And the Lord said, why don't you let me take over? Oh, I'm good. No, you're not good. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 and 29, pull it up Jordan in the message. How long are we gonna go around being mad and hurt and exhausted? How long are we gonna go around being empty and hateful? All you have to do is just move over it and let Jesus take it. This is what he said in Matthew 11, 28 and 29 in the Message Bible. Are you tired? Are you worn out? I am. Are you burned out on religion? I am. Jesus said, "Then come to me or move to the other side, get away with me, and you'll recover your life and I'll show you how to take a real rest." Amen. This morning, The Lord has sent me to remind you in very simple language that you're not backslidden, you're just exhausted. Your mind has been attacked, your emotions has been on fire, your physical body is subject to the years and the frailties. But God has sent me here this morning to remind you that he's never left you. His hand has always been upon you. His words have always been near to your heart. So instead of going through life snapping at other people, instead of going through life, being overwhelmed with the days and the cares of this life. The Lord says this morning, why don't you just finally give up and give it to me. And immediately I'll take you where you always wanted to go. You see, it's pride that is our biggest enemy as believers. It is pride is the biggest enemy. The two hardest words in the English language is this. I'm sorry. So this morning, some of you. You made your way here. You've had a rough year you've had a rough month you've had a rough week i understand you had a rough time getting here i understand there's a lot that didn't get here i understand but you're here and you wanted to be left alone you didn't want anybody to talk to you and hug your neck you didn't want to sing songs you didn't want to hear long sermons but i'm here to bring you number 41. You're loved. Your life counts. Your life is making a difference in the life of someone else. So Father, this morning that we just completely surrender all that we have to you all of our dreams and all of our ambitions and all of our hopes that never came true, all of our plans that failed and fell dead before us. Broken promises, empty words that people has poured into us through the years. So today that we're just gonna learn to let you have it. And immediately you'll take us to the place where we always wanted to go, you'll give us rest. Father, would you give us rest this morning? Real rest. I cannot control the government. I cannot control the prices of gasoline. I cannot control anything. I can't even control my own thoughts. I can't control anything. I can't control the temperature outside. I cannot control anything in my life. The only thing that I can do is allow you to have complete control in my life and you'll give me rest. So for you that are here this morning, you're in a good place. You're in a safe place. And I've got good news for you. He loves you. Give all your cares and burdens to him this morning. Let him give you a real rest. You'll thank me later. The whole world will thank you. We give thanks in Christ's name. And the people of God said, Amen. 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 Stand with me if you would, please, huh? Give the Lord a praise offering. He is worthy this morning, huh? Communion service, please make your way. What do we do when we run out? The wedding feast of Canaan, they ran out. What are we going to do when we run out? We will run out. We're going to run out of friends. We're going to run out of good looks. Our money one day will run out or even our health will begin to deteriorate and run out. What will we do when we run out? Just let Christ take it. Just let him move you. Let him facilitate. Let him speak to you. Let him take control of your workplace. Let him take control of your thoughts. Let him control of your leisure time. Just give it to him this morning and let all the anger and let all the worry and let all the strife, just let it go. You can't deal with it anyway, but he can. That's good news. That's spiritual 41. That night he sat with his disciples and he took the bread and the cup. And he said, For 1500 years you've been celebrating this Passover sacraments, the unleavened bread that was taken. John 6 says it your fathers did eat of the bread that fell from heaven, but they did hunger again. But Jesus said, but now I am the bread of life. And if any man eat of me, he will never hunger again. And they took the bread. He took the cup, it was the third cup of four cups. It was the cup of redemption that night. And he lifted up and he said, for 1500 years, you've been celebrating this sacrament of the lamb's blood. You would take the lamb's blood and place it upon the doorpost on each side in the shape of a cross. And when the death angel or Abaddon would come to that house, it would pass over your house. And Jesus said, Now I am the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And my Father now will take my blood in the place in the shape of a cross for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, remember me. This morning, you may be struggling. You may be hurting. You may be lonely. This morning, as a believer, that you may be empty and exhausted. You may be bankrupt in your mind and your emotions. I understand. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you can't do it on your own. Remember Jesus, He paid the price as we celebrate Holy Communion this morning, let's do that. Let's just give it all to Him. Let's don't leave this place angry. Let's don't leave this place empty. Let's don't leave this place road raging. Everywhere we go, let's just let Christ take over. You'll thank me later. Father, bless this cup. Bless this bread. As we remember you in Jesus' name and the people of God say Amen. Amen.